What's up, all you groovy hap cats, and welcome to <laughs> a real swig a dig dig episode of, of Christopher Skin Wikipedia. I don't know what show would start like that. American Bandstand? Is that something Dick Clark would have said? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I guess American. Or like yeah. an American Bandstand knockoff? Yeah, or like that show with the movie Hairspray. What's that called again? And who's the guy? Um, Ho- American Corny, Hair Hairstand? The, the, the Corny Collins show, I think it's called. Yeah. And, you know, where like Corny Collins. Yeah, I believe that's what it's called. In the movie uh, look, picture look it up oh yeah all right the <laughs> hairspray 1988 yeah not the one with John production Travolta. the buddy dean show wait no waters nope. had previously written about the buddy dean show no the corny collins show uh, yeah based on the buddy dean show a local dance party program which preempted dick clark's american bandstand in oh, the baltimore wow. area during the 1950s and 1960s all right and i'm looking at the 2007 film hairspray to see james marston played corny collins in that mm. version. Ooh, L- L- Zach Efron played Link Larkin. Elsa uh, L- Janney is pretty Pingleton. That makes sense. And who, uh, and, uh, who played the uh, divine role? Oh, John Travolta. Of course. Yeah, John Travolta plays, you know, uh, the role, uh, the divine role, uh, as Edna Turbland, mother of Tracy Turbland, played by Nikki Blonsky, who's the least famous person on this cast, the one who played the uh, Ricky Lake role. Well, they usually, they want to, you know, they always go with, like, a a lesser name sometimes with those kind of things, because she's surrounded by so many stars. Yeah, Christopher Walken, Michelle Pfeiffer, Amanda Bynes, um, Allison Janney. She has. That woman doesn't really do much acting on screen. Who? These days, Blonsky? Uh, Nikki Blonsky. She has not done a lot of acting. She's like, uh, yeah. I, I think maybe she's just more on stage. Maybe okay. In 2013, she appeared on Smash a couple times. Yeah, that's film adaptation of the. Oh, she appeared off Broadway in the play Stuffed by Lisa Lampanelli mm. uh, in October to November 2017, and then not much. Yeah, she uh, did earn a cosmetology license in 2011 and began working part time as a hairstylist and makeup artist in her hometown of Great Neck, New York. Well, I hope she's finding happiness wherever she is. Yeah, indeed, because she's also played was appeared as herself in an episode of Ace of Cakes. The Ace does of seem, Cakes. Does seem does seem does seem weird. The Ace of Cakes. The Ace. Uh, of should cakes. we say who we are and what this is? Nope, <laughs> never. Oh, okay. People, I think I said that this is Chris and Matt Skim Wikipedia. It was, I don't think you did. I don't know if I did it. Now you know. Although if they're listening to this. Like, they've clicked on a thing on the internet to, like, you know, that has the name of the podcast or whatever. N- not necessarily. What if they have a new playlist and it just <laughs> it just plays through? Because I do that sometimes. Oh, okay. Well, then, uh, yeah. This is Chris and Matt Skim Wikipedia. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm Matt. Uh, we don't always say that so early. Uh, but, yeah, I'm now I'm looking at the list of Ace of Cake episodes. Ace of, I didn't watch that show because it looked bad. Because, like, it was just, like, uh, people on the Food Network show were just, like, we're making crazy cakes. It was, like, Cake Boss, but without the, like, Cake Boss personality, is more, like, um, like, quasi-hipstery sort of, like, uh, people Is Ace cake. of Cakes the, uh, the Cake Boss? No, that's the Duff Goldman. Uh, cake Boss show is called Cake Boss. Cake Boss. Oh, okay. Duff Goldman yeah, was this sort it's... of, like, uh, this, like, more like a happy-go-lucky sort of, like, I'm um, looking at him right yeah. now. 
and like it was like sort of the same premise, but like it was like there's like some like he had like some hipstery sort of people on his staff. There's um, there was a TV show that I'm not sure if it ever aired called Buddy vs Duff. It does not oh, have a Wikipedia aired. entry. That shit aired for sure. I saw ads on. I'm looking at the official website for Ace of Cakes on the Food Network. The, yeah, he had a yeah. Uh, oh, oh, it's archived on the Wayback Machine. Uh, he's uh, heavily influ- He's vi- heavily involved in Sadaka, the Jewish uh, practice of performing charity and philoth- philanthropic <laughs> acts to enhance one's spirituality. Although, like, I mean, like, I know the concept of Sadaka, uh, but Neil I didn't realize Sadaka. that that's that, that's just like being like I'm into charity. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, non. <laughs> it's very non-specific. <laughs> yeah, he's like he enjoys. Did you ever watch Man vs. Food? Yeah, I watched it once. It was not that interesting. The problem uh, was I, all those other people that would be like around him, and mm-hmm. like they just would always annoy me. Like they'd just be like, talk to like some like random asshole for like a couple seconds. But like I don't want to hear from like some like random kid who happened to be in this like place while this dude trying to eat crab cakes. Be like, whoa, he's trying to eat all these crab cakes. It's like, man, let me see this motherfucker eat crab cakes, and <laughs> that's that. I believe my my old band uh, played on a local uh, or a public access television show that he was the guest on for that episode. Uh, I don't remember that dude's I name. think he was the guest. Adam Richman. Yeah, I believe he was the guest. And he was nice. Uh, <laughs> That's all I got. All right. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's still the host, though. No, they rebooted it with a new host. Time to look that Because I, I, I think for a while, he Adam Richman was like going around being like, I was very sick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, he was a judge on Barbecue Champ. In 2015, he eats a vegan diet when training for soccer. And also in 2015, he was a judge for the British television show BBQ Champ, which must get in the way of his vegan diet, I imagine. Uh, but see. he's not vegan, according to the Madverse food page. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's the that's the, the splash page on it. <laughs> Rumors Richmond has since turned vegan were found to be untrue, though it is true he has since lost about seventy pounds. Looks great. On Friday, August fifth, two thousand sixteen, Adam tweeted, "I honestly have begun to feel bad for those buying in the tabloid rumors, suggesting I'm anything but an omnivore." So there you go. Right. Yeah, they rebooted the show. Uh, five years of hiatus came back. Uh, some dude named Casey Webb. Casey oh. Webb is the host now. Just, just following up on those tabloid rumors, uh, the Independent reports Man vs. Food, Adam Richmond quotes, I've been vegan for three months. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Maybe he was just a short-term vegan. I mean, that's fine. It's just yeah. uh, if he has anyone to blame for these tabloid rumors, it's, it's himself. Yeah. For saying it. <laughs> yeah. And then for people believing it. Yeah. Oh, I opened up a section for competitive eating, like the like the little thing at the bottom of the page. I could click on all these different. Let's see, who should name should I click on? Should I click on the name of say, uh, Crazy Legs Conti or Bozo Miller or the guy that simply has Rick the manager, who is? What uh, are you talking about? <laughs> these are people, like you know, on the bottom of the page of a Wikipedia page on the member suite page. There's like the little like um boxes that like you know you can oh, like, yeah. show channel. Okay, competitive eating. You're looking at competitive eating? Yeah, and like I'm going to click on the name of this guy named just, he's known as Rick the Manager, and he's apparently mm-hmm. an independent competitive eater currently residing in Royersford, Pennsylvania. Well, that's like uh, like Kobayashi's an independent competitive eater because he's not allowed to compete. In the, in the, because, 
because they're not allowed to take sponsorships. And Kobayashi is like, no, I need sponsorships to make money because, you know, I'm sure the prize money from competitive eating is like garbage. Ah, 2003, Rick appeared in MTV's Viva La Bam television series as Rick the Driver, along with his close friend, Jimmy Pop from the Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> I don't want to sound rude, but watching competitive eating uh, can make me feel a little ill. <laughs> it doesn't sound rude at all. Apparently, uh, you know, it's, it's apparently, just a lot of chewing. Apparently, his name was just, he was just known as Rick, and then he became known as Rick the Driver. Uh, his name is Rick Russo. He became known as Rick the Driver on Viva La Bam. And then he started competing mm-hmm. in competitive eating after that. And then when he apparently mm-hmm. he can change his name to Rick the Manager for unknown reasons. He was also in an episode of Cake Boss. And, uh, uh, do you think it's because he gave himself a promotion and now he's manager? <laughs> yeah. He's been promoted to eating management. He's also apparently in the movie Silver Linings Playbook. And on a question mm. of the game show, who wants to be a millionaire? Ah, uh, yes, I don't of know course. Uh, the final, the final place for all celebrities. Oh man! In late 2012, Rick the Manager will release his debut single. Oh, that means this is this Wikipedia page was last updated basically in 2012 at some point. Uh, wow. Rick the Manager will release his debut single and video for his song "Wing Bowl Anthem." <laughs> I gotta see about this on the, the YouTube if uh. Brick the Manager's Wing Bull Anthem ever came out uh, to see what that's all about. Come on, YouTube, load up. We don't have all day here. We have to watch Rick the Manager's music video. Uh, let's see. Rick the Manager Wing Bull Anthem. I'm narrating my typing. Uh, Wing Bull Anthem. Rick Russo, six years ago. That tracks. Uh, all right, I'm going to click. Oh, f- five minutes and 55 seconds. <laughs> That's a log zog. Oh yeah, that it is. Uh, let's see. Eat each meal like it's your last. Rick the manager. Competitive. What? You okay? Yeah. There. It, it's it's um talking stuff now. It's. What's talking? Are you listening <laughs> to the song? Yes. Okay. And, it's, it, it. Rick the manager is licking the atom of a young woman, it said. And now I'm hearing snoring. A clock reads 159. Presumably in the morning, because the man is snoring. It still reads 159. It hasn't changed yet. Uh, <laughs> he's still snoring. Oh, there we go. It's now 2 in the morning. A man has hit the alarm and done the clapper. There we go. The music has finally started. He's a portly fellow wearing glasses with a goatee and <laughs> camouflage shorts. So it's a <laughs> I'm having a real hard time following what you're talking about. <laughs> He's now driving in a pickup truck to Philadelphia. Oh. Uh, houses with lights on them. <laughs> the music is sounds like it's made on a Casio keyboard. No lyrics yet. He's shaking hands with people. An empty stadium. He kisses a stranger on the cheek. This is legitimately the worst podcasting I think I've ever heard, let alone been a part of it. I've been a part of some bad podcasting. He's saying wig bowl. He's humping a man. 
He's spanking a woman with a fly swatter. I hate this guy. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> Who are we talking about like again? the manager. He's just like some oh, yeah. stupid bro-y asshole douchebag. I already hate him. He's like a... Uh, like, you know. He's what you would expect a competitive eating guy from like Philly to be. Just some dipshit asshole. A guy from Philly? Yeah, just like some dipshit asshole loser. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but so now I'll see what Crazy Lakes Conti is about. This guy looks like he's Adam Duritz. He's got a picture on his Wikipedia page. So he's got that going for him. He apparently yeah, has he's a, got that going for him. He apparently has worked as a uh, screenwriter, bouncer, new model, and window washer. <laughs> and he went to Johns Hopkins. Uh, wow, that's great. Mm-hmm. Conti trains by eating six hot dogs at a time as fast as possible in a study video of Takeru Kobuashi in order to improve his technique. He also runs and goes to the gym three times a week to avoid getting excess weight. This led him to compete in several marathons. He claims that his motivation is competing, in the, c- competing is the joy of winning rather than prize money. In addition to successes, he is known to be magnanimous in defeat. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was just reading the, uh, the, uh, the, um, uh, page for Matt Stoney, the competitive eater, mm-hmm. who we've seen on, on YouTube a bunch, and I watched him eat like s- like seventeen Big Macs or something, and that's when I realized that uh, sometimes competitive eating can make me feel a little <laughs> ill. Uh, did you watch the Glutton Bowl? That thing that was on TV on uh, Fox in like two thousand two. I know it's in two thousand two because I'm looking wow. at wow. That is like the most two thousand two thing yeah. since that oh. that reality show where people like have sex in a box. Yeah, sex in a box, sex box. Yeah. I watched it, and uh, so I saw these things happen. I saw Eric Badlands Booker eat 38 hard-boiled eggs. Yeah. I saw Don Paula Dean Moses Lerman, I don't know what that means, eat 10 sticks of butter. Uh, let's see. Kyobayashi ate 31 hot dogs in uh, 12 minutes. I saw a dude eat 8 pounds of mayo, just straight-up mayo, I hate this. I saw, this is so disgusting. Is uh, this on the Wikipedia page? Oh, for, yeah. All right. <laughs> for What's gl- it called? The uh, Glutton Bowl? Bowl? Yeah. Let's see. I saw this dude, Jed the Jalapeno King, down who eat 11 three-ounce meat patties plus the buns, fast food hamburgers. Uh, the winner of the whole beef tongue contest, Dominic the Doganator Cardo. Yeah, I skipped that one because he only ate one tongue plus a few bites of another. Didn't seem that impressive. It's three pounds of tongue. I guess I ate a little more than three pounds of tongue. Uh, let's see here. Then I saw a dude at Bill Elwigador Simmons eat, uh, uh, let's see, 1.2 meters of sushi. The wild car round, the Rocky Mountain, yep. three pounds of Rocky Mountain oysters. Gross. It doesn't say anything about who won or whatever. And then uh, Kobe, Kobayashi won. He won, he won uh, the finals uh, by eating uh, one plate, uh, ten pound platter of cow brain. Yeah, yeah, cow bizarre. brain. Yeah, how bizarre! Do, 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 do. How bizarre! How bizarre! Mm-hmm. I, I should look at the the OMC page for on the Wikipedia. When I put an OMC, it took me to a disambiguation page. Now go to the band. Oh, they're from New Zealand. How bizarre. Do, do, do. Let's see. Follow up success. Followed by the single Land of Plenty, which reached top five in a New England, New Zealand church. Ooh, they reached. Oh, they. Oh, they reached group grouped as a band in 2005 and released a single for all of us featuring actress Lucy Lawless as guest vocalist. That's one of the uh, more. Um, what do you. Oh, no. The one person died. Polly Fumana. Oh no! 
uh, it died a very sad death at 40 years old, survived by his wife and five children. Uh, in 2002, the song was named the 71st Greatest oh, Hit. Oh, yeah. Greatest one-hit wonder in a countdown hosted by William Shatner, which I most definitely watched. Oh, yeah, watched, no, I watched all those Like, multiple countdowns. times. Yeah, I watched all those VH1 countdowns, man. I, I yeah. know what Scott Ian feels about a lot of shit. I remember that Husker Du came in like 89 on their hard rock countdown, and Billy Joel Armstrong said, it means never forget, but it's something I'll never forget. <laughs> and then, uh, Stupid. <laughs> so something that's lodged in my memory forever. I remember, yeah, I remember um, Corey Taylor from Slipknot talking about how much he enjoyed... Uh, I, I believe he Jones. showed up on Mask. Oh, Yeah. I saw him without his his mask on the thing. What was his What was his like country thing? Uh, Is it just called like Corey Johnson or whatever? Maybe Corey Taylor. Look him up now. Corey Taylor. Yeah. Corny Taylor. Let's see the discography. Corny Taylor. Yeah. Uh, Stone Sour. Stone. That's right. Yes, I've actually heard of Stone Sour. I would hope so. Oh uh, yeah, he uh, appears himself in the remake of Rollerball. <sighs> I and, did not see yeah. that one. And he, uh, let's see, he appears, uh, oh, a bibliography. Let's see, apparently he wrote a book called America 51, A Probe into Realities That Are Hiding Inside the Greatest Country in the World. Uh, you're, a Funny Thing Happened in the Way to Heaven, or How I Made Peace with the Paranormal and Stigmatized Zealots and Cynics in the Process. Seven Deadly Sins, Seven the Argument Between Born Bad and Damaged Good. Do you feel like uh, uh, Slipknot is getting a reevaluation in culture? Uh, maybe. I, I feel like more often than in previous years, people have been willingly telling me that they love Slipknot. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess in that case, probably. Because, like, yeah, they definitely were not, like, you know, ever really popular, I don't think. Like, I mean, they were popular, but they weren't cool. No, I guess, but they weren't even, like, I mean, like, Korn was popular. Slipknot wasn't, like... Well, Slipknot was, like... Uh, you know, like they're popular in the same way that like what's that other fucking band, that other metal band, Dream Theater's popular. It's I like don't know they're not fuck a, they're not on MTV or whatever, but like they'll sell out like a stadium. Mm. I've, yeah, I've never. And and like Wait and Bleed was like a hit. Yeah, that was like, that a was hit, a big like, song. They didn't have all those songs with TRL like Corn got the love. No, they. I mean, Corn was really really big. I think the problem was they needed a great song like All of the Family. <laughs> I think they needed a great song like Adidas. Uh, I think it. they needed a uh, to show their faces. You could get a yeah. you could tell who they were. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh. Okay. Let me no, see I've... if they have like a charts. Okay. Yeah. Well, they did win an, a Grammy. Mm, you think I give in two thousand in two thousand six, like five years after they were relevant. <laughs> Yeah, Remember last time we were reading all those songs by Buckethead? <laughs> yeah, that was great. But <laughs> well, I was going to say is that um, uh, when I was in junior, blah, blah, blah. junior high school, a friend of mine called me up to play the, that corn with or that with uh, Fred Durst song All in the Family over the phone to me. He's like, you got to listen to this. And of course, that song is like the <laughs> worst, like most homophobic, like garbage, like, you know, like all okay. sorts of like insulting each other and calling each other gay and stuff. And just uh, just to clarify, Slipknot's second album, Iowa, is platinum. Oh, that okay. Is... Slipknot's let's see, Slipknot's first album, Slipknot, self-titled. This was yeah. a big record. I remember everyone had this thing. I did, and it sold. It sold. It's double platinum. Wow. And it was number one, Heat Seekers on Billboard, number one independent. Um, but it didn't. Uh, and it was it peaked at ninety eight on the Billboard mm. two hundred, but it was number four on the independent albums of the year end charts. So mm. they, pretty big record. Yeah, 
They were bigger than I realized. Uh, if anyone sold a million albums today, their name is like just Taylor Swift. I yeah, imagine, yeah. Or like Beyonce, like yeah, no nobody, one sells that yeah. many records now. So, hey Slipknot, we tip our masks hey, to you. Hey Slipknot, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey Slipknot, and so on. I don't know. And etc. Yeah, they've had a lot of members of Slipknot over the years, but not mm-hmm. even not all of them even have their own Wikipedia page. Because well, three of them don't have their own Wikipedia page. But okay. Well, well their, their last their last three studio albums all went to number one, and I, they've all gone gold. I uh, I clicked on uh, former uh, member of the band uh, who is the uh, per- former percussionist. Uh, Did they have like five percussionists? Possibly. He was he was number number three. His name is Chris Fenn, and he has the best like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this this Wikipedia poster is almost as good as the micro penis one. Yeah, it's so. Good. Just a man, just a man who could be anyone playing Xbox. <laughs> the most obvious, like if you're gonna describe what a Slipknot member looks like outside of the mask, this is what they look like. Oh wow, he played kicker at Wayne State University, my alma mater. Hey, yeah. it looks like you two have a lot more in common than you thought. One thing, we both uh, went to Wayne State, and you both love uh, Slipknot. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy who had like a. Uh, the mask with the long nose. Wait, he's not in Slipknot anymore? Nope. He uh, well, he played on their last single. Well, I don't know. It says years active to present, but like when I went down to like the Slipknot page oh, or okay. whatever. March 18, 2019, Chris officially split with Slipknot mm. following a lawsuit. However, a few days later, the message was moved from the website, and according to Finn's lawyer, the percussionist's employment status with the band had not changed since his initial filing. However, an Instagram story from mm. his best friend following the release of Slipknot's song Unsainted confirmed that he was indeed out of the band. Citation needed. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Uh, looks like, oh, you know what? His mask was featured in uh, Harold Kubar's Game from Guantanamo Bay, a film I've never seen but he- have heard it's good. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, these all these other Slipknot dudes that have photos have, like, you know what you'd think. It's like uh, photos of them in their goofy-ass masks or whatever. Like, Scary-ass masks. Not James Root. Oh, I He's out there. Oh, there we go. Oh, but he's also in Stone Sour. Uh Oh, and also Jay Weinberg. The son of Max Weinberg. Jay Weinberg's now a drummer. Oh, I didn't know he was in Slipknot. He was in a lot of bands. He was in Against Me. Oh, he was wow. in Eyeball. Well, yeah. Um, this dude. I feel like I have heard some... I thought I... Maybe I just know him from Against Me. Maybe. And stuff like that. Uh, oh, but... yeah. He's been around. I think I just know him because he's like a... Uh, was in punk and stuff. And everyone's like, yeah. that's Max Weinberg's son. Yeah, and I'm so, like, you don't yeah. say... Especially, now he's in Slipknot. Yeah, especially with your whole New Jersey connections, like you know, like a New yeah, Jersey guy they're or not, whatever. They're, uh, his hometown is not far from where I grew up, so people know people. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But you know, hey, and he graduated from Stevens Institute of Technology. Oh wow! I know. I never went there. Ah, but yeah, you're familiar with it. It's it's not quite as close as uh, me and uh, Chris Fenn. Why is that now? That name seems kind of familiar for some reason, but. I'm thinking of Chris Farron. That's a different person who's a musician, and not like because uh, I we, I don't think we would have been there at the same time. And if we had been, uh, uh, well, he replaced Joey Jordanson in Slipknot, which is uh, Joey Jordanson is a fake name, right? <laughs> yeah, his name like, is Nathan Jonas Joey Jordanson, which all sounds like a fake name. <laughs> oh, he was apparently a co-songwriter writer, though. He was like, a, is he the guy being lifted up, or is he the? Oh, he's the guy being lifted up. He's not the scary no, he's clown the man. Murder dolls. 
He's not the scary clown man. Uh, oh, here's a photo of him unmasked where he looks exactly like you would imagine. <laughs> yeah. All the guys in Slipknot are extremely on brand. Yeah. He, uh, he appeared as himself in an episode of Dawson's Creek. One assumes under the mask, though. Mm. Oh, he was also in Rollerball. Man, who the f- all these motherfuckers be in Rollerball? He was on the 2010 Rob Zombie record, Hellbilly Deluxe 2. <laughs> Uh, the film features Rollerball, I'm speaking of. The film features cameo appearances by Pink, Slipknot, somebody named Carol Shelby, and Shane McMahon, Shane O'Mac. Budget, $70 million. Box office, $25.9 million. Big time failure with the... What the... Man, Rob Zombie's directed so many movies I haven't heard of. Do you remember The Haunted World of Super Bisto? No... Okay. It was an animated comedy horror musical. Oh, uh, God. It stars uh, Papa, who I don't know who that is. I'm assuming that's... Papa John. Oh, Tom Papa. That's uh, Tom Papa. He wrote it with Tom Papa. Oh. That's crazy. Um, Paul Giamatti, Tom Kenny, Rosaria Donson, Sherry Moon Zombie, of course. Oh, oh it's directed DVD. Okay, that's why I never uh-huh. heard of it. Lords of Salem, I have never seen. Uh... And, of course, Three from Hell, which no one has seen, uh, although it was kind of mired by the death of um, Sid Haig, which is obviously very sad. Uh, I got nothing to say about Rob Zombie's movies, except when I was a kid, I really, or a kid, when I was like a teen, I liked House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects, and then uh, I hated his Halloween movie so much it made me rethink both of those films that I haven't seen either since. Man, John McTiernan, who directed Rollerball, he got such a, quite the start in his career. He made Predator, then well, Die Hard, then Hunt for He's Rock had all those over. legal problems. I think yeah. he's in jail right now, right? Met, yeah, there's a thing that says controversy. Uh, you sent the federal... <laughs> yeah. what, what does it say? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, for some reason, on the 2002 Rollerball film Wikipedia page, there's a section called Controversy that says, in 2013, director John McTiernan was sent to federal prison for making a false statement to an FBI investigator in February 2006 about his hiring the private investigator Anthony Pelicano to legally wiretap Charles Rovin, the producer of the film. Mm-hmm. Oh, around... Uh, oh, that's why it's on here, because he was... Uh, while you're tapping the producer of Rollerball. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. John McTiernan, you, you <laughs> wascally wabbit. Yeah. But I was saying, like, even before that, though, like his sort of like movie career was like on a downward trajectory. Uh, I don't, what was the last movie he did? Basic? Is that the uh, Benicio Del Toro, Sean Connery movie? Uh, it's John Travolta, Kenny Nielsen, and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, uh, okay. What was the movie I'm thinking of? You know what I'm t- thinking of? They're in the woods. Uh, They're in the woods. Uh, basic. Yeah, I don't remember woods. Basic. The Woods. But I do remember the Thomas Crown Affair for sure. And 13th Warrior, which I remember all my friends being like, that movie is brutal. Actually, actually, that Thomas Crown Affair remix is actually kind of better than the first one. So I've never maybe. seen either. Uh, I will say that uh, I do like Die Hard with a Vengeance. And have seen Last Action Hero like a thousand times. Yeah, I guess he was doing really well there until that uh, rollerball thing. Yeah, where he uh, uh, tried to uh, <laughs> tried to uh, record uh, the producer of rollerball without them knowing, and then lied yeah. to a federal yeah. prosecutor or something. <laughs> yep. 
I, was, I clicked on the page, uh, the category for roller derby films, and it includes, you know, what you think, your roller balls, your whippets, but also the Shaky DA, mm. the uh, sequel to the Shaky Dog. Uh, like starring... the Tim Allen Shaggy Dog? But, no, the original version. Oh, so, right, right, right. The original okay. Shaggy Dog came out in 1959. The sequel came out in 1976 and featured, uh, starred uh, Dean Jones as... Uh, the Shaggy Office Manager. Yeah, it's, it's, like a, yeah, there's like a Shaggy DA, Vic Tabak's in it, Keenan Wynn, Suzanne Pochette, all these various people. Uh, ah, let's see here, let's see. Um, the ugly ring with a scare bonnet can only be pawned off to a local bumbling ice cream salesman, Tim, who's the owner of a large old English sheepdog named Elwood. Tim figures he will give the ring to his girlfriend, Katrinka, played by Joanne Worley. A local roller derby star and pastry assistant. Uh, mm. And then, like, uh, there's a pie fight involved, apparently. I know Joanne Worley, because uh, she would appear often on 70s Match Game. Uh, as, uh, you know, it was, oh, she's also in the movie Head as Woman in Playtex Bra ad. Uh, she was in a good right, movie. Like as in, as in the uh, the monkey's head, head. The monkey's head, yes. Oh, a movie I truly love. Yeah, she's in the she's in that. Uh, she mostly did TV stuff though. Not many movies. So she did voice Miss Maples in a goofy movie. Oh, I thought you were talking about the marvelous Mrs. Basil for a second. No. I, I was about to say, oh. <laughs> she also voiced Armoire, the wardrobe in Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Then, yep, the, one of the one of the most memorable characters from Beauty and the Beast. Yep, the one that's not like, the candlestick or whatever, or, she, or the teacup. Yeah, she had various voices, and then her last role, she dead. Nope, still alive. Great. <laughs> her last role was in 2012 as the teacher Miss Lambert in an episode of The Middle. She also did a Bones. Speaking of speaking of Bones, it's time to close the case file on this yep. episode. McGruff style that he would then eat a bone. You think, like, if they made, like, a noir movie up starring McGruff, like, instead of smoking, he would just, like, gnaw on, like, a bone? Like, like they'd come into his office, like, the, the damsel in distress or whatever, and, like, he'd just be, like, sitting there, like, gnawing on a bone, like, you know, having the bone in his mouth, like, it's a cigarette or something. Is, mm-hmm. that, is that what he would do? Is yeah. that what McGruff would do? That's what McGruff would do. Well, and, I mean... First, he would take a bite out of crime by oh, yeah. biting criminals in the gut yeah. until they bled. <laughs> yeah, that's how the story would end. He'd shake them in his mouth until they snap their necks. Yeah. <laughs> that would happen. Like, if they, uh, like, uh, remade, oh, let's say the long goodbye, but the word version with Elliot Gould, but instead of it being Elliot Gould, it'd be like, uh, you know, McGruff the crime dog. And then also Sterling Hayden would still be in it somehow. But uh, at the end, instead of, like, shooting uh, the guy... Spoiler alert for the long goodbye, which is very good, but like some of the guy, he just like uh, bites him and shakes him around for a while, and then he still plays the harmonica uh, as he walks away back down the beach or what have you. But yeah, so that's uh, it pretty much for this episode of Chris and Matt's Gimbukapedia. Um, thanks to Gabber Media. Uh, thanks to you know you for listening. Uh, this podcast, it, it used to have a uh, Twitter, but uh, just recently I decided to um, take the old Twitter for this podcast and turn it into what I'm calling the official Bazooka Joe Twitter account. 
because Mr. Joe used to have a Twitter account that I kind of liked because it was like really poorly done, but it doesn't exist anymore. So I thought there's a an empty space uh, on the like you know internet for it. So I, I've decided that it is. I call it the official Bazooka Joe account. Uh, it's at it's at it's Bazooka Joe, and uh, I'm gonna keep tweeting as if though it's the official Bazooka Joe account until either somebody stops me or until the Tops Corporation who owns Bazooka Joe uh, makes it the actual official um, well, Twitter account. Uh- I'll just say this now, if uh, Chris Morgan ends up dead in a jail cell in a few weeks due to mysterious circumstances, we'll know what happened. Indeed. So check out at It's Bazooka Joe to get all your Bazooka Joe needs. As I Are, have, Were you tweeting on uh, October 8th? Wait, that's yesterday? Yep. So you were retweeting Twix and saying, what do you call it? Tuesday Thoughts. I call it time for bubblegum. I'm going to smack the like on that. Okay. Yeah, and I today or uh, as we record this, I I posted a photo of a piece of chewing gum to let people know that's what <laughs> chewing gum is. October eighth. This account is no longer about the podcast. Chris and Matt write a blockbuster. It's now about Bazooka Joe gum and other Bazooka Joe products. Cool. Yep. I uh, I tweeted somebody to tell them that if they chew anything other than Bazooka Joe gum, they are a moral coward. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's going very smoothly right now. I want to make cool. that the new sort of tagline for Bazooka. Joe God, Bazooka Joe, uh, chew it or you're a moral coward. <laughs> Sounds good. Yep. But uh, yeah, so uh, check that out. Yep. Uh, and that's uh, I've been Chris. I've been Matt. And this is Chris and Matt Skimbleopedia. Uh, see you next time.